To successfully lead others, you must first win within yourself. And that's understanding who you are, igniting your superpowers, and nurturing your skills. When you can do that for yourself, you can do that for your team. Successful leadership starts from the inside, or shall we say, the win side. I'm your host, Terry Lee. Let's get it. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Lead from the Win Side. Again, thank you for joining. Thank you for engaging in the in the podcast, in this episode. I hope you're finding value if you've been able to listen on a regular basis. I do want to pause for a second and just tell you a little bit about me and, and some of my missions and goals. My my I truly believe my purpose in life is to help facilitate people to their potential, their possibilities, and progress through life. And I do that through speaking, training, coaching, and consulting. And I've done that in the corporate setting for about 17 years. I I still do it in the corporate setting, but now I also do it independently. So hopefully you're finding value. Hopefully you're you're identifying some possibilities and some progress. And, and potential for you. Uh, hopefully you're getting that through this information that I'm presenting to you through the podcast. Again, as I mentioned before, I also do that through speaking, coaching, and consulting. You can find me at terry at tlspeaks.com. That's my email. My website is tlspeaks.com. You can find this podcast at, at tlspeaks.com forward slash podcast. I'm also on the Apple platform. Spotify as well. So if you have any questions, email me, um, engage with me. I'd love to help you out. So en- enough about me. Let's jump into this podcast and continue our exploration of emotional intelligence. In our in our last episode, we talked about the self-perception realm and inside the self-perception realm were, are three subsections, the emotional self-awareness, And that's the ability to recognize and differentiate your feelings and emotions and know the impact that they have on others. I also talked about self-regard. That's the ability to respect and accept yourself, honoring your strengths and knowing your limitations. And this is really about honoring the process of your development, knowing that you are a work in process, a work in progress, I should say. And then there's self-actualization. That's realizing your potential by becoming involved in pursuits that add meaning and fulfillment to your life. That is the road to self-actualization. So now in this episode, we're going to talk about the realm of self-expression. And that is the way in which we share ourselves to the outside world. It's our outside world presentation. And inside the self-expression realm are three subsections, emotional expression, independence, and assertiveness. The first subsection in the realm is is emotional expression, and that's our verbal and nonverbal expression of our feelings. Emotional expression is linked to emotional self-awareness in that you become aware of your emotion so that you become effective at expressing it for you and others around you. A huge step in developing your emotional expression is becoming emotionally literate. And emotional literacy was first coined by uh, psychotherapist Dr. Claude Steiner in, in 1975. And Steiner describes emotional literacy as the ability to handle emotions in a way that improves your emotional power 
and improves the quality of life of the people around you. Emotional literacy improves relationships, creates loving possibilities between people, makes cooperative work possible, and facilitates the feeling of community. In a sense, it creates psychological safety for you and psychological safety for the people in your circle. So that's their group, that's your team, that's the people you lead. And I love this definition because it aligns with my purpose in life of facilitating people to their potential possibilities and progress. Just as learning to read and write begins with literacy of sights and sounds, emotional expression begins with the ability to notice and manage feelings and emotions. An emotionally literate person can name the emotions they are feeling and those they see in other people. And I always say you have to be able to name it before you can frame it. And a, a great tool to build your emotional literacy is psychologist Robert Pluchik's Wheel of Emotions. Now, Pluchik identifies eight foundational emotions we typically experience. They're trust, fear, surprise, sadness, disgust, anger, anticipation, and joy. Pluchik's Wheel shows that each of these foundational emotions have a range, such as anger. So anger, the lesser side of anger is annoyance. Whereas the, as the extreme side of anger is rage. Or if we look at trust, trust is sandwiched between anticipation on the lesser side and admiration on the extreme side. When you can identify the emotions you are having, you are more equipped to start the path of managing and expressing them. So in, in 2020, the organization I was working for was acquired by another organization and that resulted in my job being eliminated. In the back of my mind, I knew the elimination was coming, but the emotions didn't hit me until I actually heard the words, Terry, your job is being eliminated. I initially categorized my emotion as anger. Anger towards my company for allowing this to happen and anger at the, the new company that acquired us and eliminating my job. The anger, or what I thought was anger, would come and go for about a week. It was like a bad emotional roller coaster ride. So I, I shared what was happening with my wife and she asked me, have you written down how you're feeling? And I, I thought about that. And I was like, no, I haven't written down because I, I'm just hoping this will just go away with time because I'm just mad. But, the, but it wasn't going away. So I took her advice and I wrote my thoughts on paper. And here's, here's what I discovered. Very interesting. What I discovered is that it wasn't just anger that was resurfacing over and over again. It was grief. Grief for the loss of work. It was fear. It was fear that I might not find another job. It was sadness. Sadness for not being able to work with some of the people that I had built relationships with. It was disappointment. It was disappointment in myself for not pursuing other opportunities that came my way that might have positioned me to be more prepared if something like this happened. When I was able to separate all those emotions, I was able to deal with each emotion individually and organize my thoughts in a way that, that allowed me to manage each emotion in a productive and rational way. So being able to articulate your emotions to others is critical in the ability to create trusting, productive, 
and transformational relationships. And that's one of the goals that we're we're hoping to move you towards and lead from the wind side is, is helping you become a transformational leader. Here's something I see often from leaders ranging from the corporate setting all the way to the athletic arena. The leader or coach becomes disappointed or annoyed in an action or failed expectation by someone on their team. They don't address the emotion of disappointment or annoyance when it first occurs, and then it happens again and again. Now that emotion becomes anger, and the outward reaction is now more extreme, resulting in yelling or removal, removal from the project, removal from the game, or passive-aggressive behavior towards the individual. You see, addressing the emotion with yourself and the other person at the disappointment or annoyance stage allows the moment to become a teaching moment or an opportunity to gain more understanding of the skill level. Leaders who do this are more successful in building relationships and igniting the skills and abilities of those on their team. Not addressing the emotion early allows space for the leader to become emotionally hijacked, it fractures relationships, and they lose trust with their team. When we, you know, we are emotional beings. There's no way around that. And one of the ways we can connect with one another hinges on our ability to express ourselves in a productive fashion to our team. The next subsection in the self-expression realm is independence. This sits in the self-expression realm because if you're not able to present independent thoughts, ideas, and actions, you're less likely to bring your full self forward. And that can be a long-term emotional drain on you. Independence defined in the book EQ Edge is the ability to be self-directed and self-controlled in your thinking and actions and to be free of emotional dependency. Now, this is not to be confused with isolation. When you isolate, you separate. Independence in this context is bringing your full self to the relationship or group with independent thoughts and ideas that lead to better outcomes collectively. Independence is on a maturity continuum that leads to and values the importance of interdependence. When you are truly independent, you are response-able. I'm going to say that one more time. When you are truly independent, you are response-able, which means whenever there's a stimulus, such as an interaction, or you have to make a decision or an emotional trigger, you're able to respond with independent thoughts and actions because you've been proactive in developing your thoughts, knowledge, and skills and behaviors in this area. When you don't consistently develop these things, you're more likely to be reactive and in reactive mode and your maturity to independent skills stalls. Dr. Stephen Covey provides a great example of building independence in his proactive model component of the seven habits for highly effective people. In this model, he outlined what he calls our freedom to choose in our response to certain conditions. And it starts with self-awareness. And oh, what's the theme of this podcast? Self-awareness, lead from the wind side. In in episode one, I talked about understanding how you can manage your thoughts by moving from stinking thinking 
which is unproductive and reactive, to linking and bringing thinking, which is more proactive and productive because you're making mental connections and bringing new ideas and new perspectives to mind. So being self-aware of your thoughts is highly critical. In episode two, I talked about the importance of leading a valued life. When you're led by your values, you make decisions that lead to more positive and fulfilling outcomes for you. So being self-aware of your values is critical. And in the third episode, I talked about having a healthy self-regard. This is understanding and valuing your strengths and weaknesses. When you know the difference, you make decisions that put you in the best position to be successful. So knowing your strengths and limitations is also key in self-awareness. When you are self-aware, it opens up other components of Covey's proactive model, imagination, conscience, and independent will. The the ability to be response-able and independent allows you to manage your emotions when certain situations arise for you because now you are equipped for the situation. Take Take a listen to this quote. Be strong enough to stand on your own two feet, smart enough to know when you need help, and brave enough to ask for it. Now, I couldn't find the author of that quote, but I think that was a great way to sum up that section. The third subsection in the self-expression realm is assertiveness. Assertiveness is the ability to communicate a clear and specific message while at the same time being aware of the needs of others and their ability to respond. Assertiveness lives on a continuum between passive and aggressive. Being passive means that you have thoughts, ideas, and emotions, but they're not expressed due to fear, lack of confidence, or overdependence on someone else. Being passive can be situational and necessary at times. However, being habitually passive can be unhealthy and do more harm than good because, because you rarely have your needs met or your expectations met. Aggression is expressing your needs and wants, but it's with total disregard of the wants and needs of the other person or collective group. Just like being passive, Being aggressive can be useful in certain situations. However, constant aggression leads to high stress and sometimes fractured relationships. The healthy balance is assertiveness. Assertiveness requires emotional awareness. When you are aware and in control of your emotions, you're able to bring reason and rationality into thoughts and express them in a constructive manner. Assertiveness requires a healthy self-regard meaning you are confident in expressing your thoughts, needs, expectations, and where you need help. Assertiveness requires independence, which means you're able to stand on your own two feet and express your thoughts and emotions. Assertiveness requires impulse control. Some emotions can trigger certain impulses that fall somewhere between fight and flight. You must be able to control such impulses in order to effectively articulate your thoughts. When you can do all of these things, your assertiveness brings an invitation to dialogue and shared meaning between you and the other person or group or team. Aggression does not do that because it can shut the other party down. Being passive does not do that because you have shut yourself down. I think we all fall into situations where we're more passive than we need to be and situations where we're more aggressive than we need to be. 
The key is to take note of those situations, ask ourselves, what is the emotion that is causing this passive or aggressive behavior? Once you're able to pinpoint the emotion, you can then write new mental scripts that lead to assertive language. An easy formula to remember in writing new scripts is this. Articulate, number one, the situation. Number two, express your feeling or concern. Number three, express the consequence based on the situation and what you feel. And number four, make a request or a suggestion. So here's an example of a script uh, and we'll break it down. Your decisions are not taking into consideration the needs of the whole organization. I'm concerned we will miss some important information and lose credibility with those that are not involved. I would like to suggest we bring in more people to represent the whole organization. So let's go back and review that. What's the situation? The situation is one person telling another person that their decisions are not taking in the consideration of the whole organization. They're, they're, they're expressing their feelings and concern and the consequence by saying, I'm concerned we will miss some important information and lose credibility. So their feelings and consequences are stated there. Their suggestion is bringing in more people to represent the whole organization. So that was a script that allowed for assertive information. It also allowed space for you, for the person to express their emotion. Now, if, if that was expressed in anger, it would come out in a way that, hey, your, your decisions and uh, the things that you're doing right now are really making me angry. Would you please stop it? That could essentially shut down the conversation. Or from a passive perspective, the person doesn't say anything. And now the, the consequence of not bringing in other people for decisions is not expressed at all. So you miss an opportunity there. So think about how you can script your language in a way that it's you can express your feelings and be assertive, but also invite that dialogue for people to consider other possibilities. So it's important to be a voice, not an echo. Assert yourself when necessary. So there it is, the self-expression realm of emotional intelligence. It includes emotional expression, independence, and assertiveness. So now let's get to the leadership win code for this episode. The W, when you're building relationships and communicating with your team, ask yourself these following W questions. What did I set out to do? What actually happened? And why is there a difference? If there is a gap, a great place to start is, is to look at your effectiveness in expressing yourself. Was it clear? Was it authentic? Was it assertive? Next is the I. Are you creating a psychologically safe space for your team by modeling and encouraging, here's the I, independent thought amongst your team? And then the end, do you value, here's the end, new possibilities that arise when assertiveness is welcomed behavior on your team? Albert Schweitzer once said, the three most important ways to lead are be an example, be an example, be an example. I encourage you to express yourself. So there we have it. Thanks for joining me on this episode. And I always want to give thanks to Team Lee. Much love for your support through this journey. And we will see you next time on Lead from the Windside.